right, welcome back. It's week four of the Montana Mint Sports Podcast. We are almost to conference season. So close. We have a couple more garbage games before we actually get to the Big Sky Conference games that matter the most to us. But first, can we talk about maybe the biggest thing to happen to Montana since the Unabomber was found in Lincoln? ESPN Plus going Uh technical difficulties for the whole first half of the Montana State-Western-Illinois game. Bear Tycoon, Um, (laughs) what what do we have to say now? Did we do this? Uh, There are fingers pointing at us for getting ahead of it, for giving Learfield uh, some fear so they they may have sabotaged the game. There's some conspiracy theories out there. But yeah, that was... (laughs) After three weeks of us pounding the, the table, shit talking them, uh, not not a great first half when there's technical difficulties. Not a great second half, uh, based on the production of what we saw. But the one thing we can say: very easy to find the game. Very easy to oh, get yeah, the yeah. game on. Honestly, that that part flawless. Watching <laughs> the game. Yeah. Watching the game, impossible. Very for bad. 30 minutes. Bad experience. 30 minutes of game time. Uh, and then almost unwatchable while they were broadcasting it. Because, you know, God God bless these students who are putting it on. They're in school to learn this. But they, they need to spend some more time uh, learning before they get out in the real world. So, because the production quality was, was sub subpar. Subpar. Subpar best. But... You can see the video in the second half, which is the main thing. You can actually see what's going on. You can always listen to radio, but it's never quite all there when you can't see what's really going on. I feel that Learfield may have sabotaged it. That's my yep. that's my theory that I will I'll carry that flag. Um, I have a feeling that the Big Sky Conference may be complicit in this. They've yep. heard us. They've seen the Twitter and the tweets and the messages that we send that our followers send that our loyal listeners send and may have done something to a court or two over there at Western Illinois. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, look, something's fishy. It, it, was, it was fishy. Something is fishy. We got, we got people scared. We got our lawyers on the line. We made FOIA all communication between big sky conference and Learfield. I don't know if that's possible because I think they're both. We're still waiting to hear back, but, yeah, lawyers haven't got back to us. Um, there's a motorcycle that just revved up outside my window. Is that Uh-oh. them? That's Are weird. they trying to stop this Convenient. Something. Convenient that something a motorcycle would on. just right now drive by your window and do that. If Yeah. I mean, look, if you wanted to take me out, I would start with a motorcycle gang because no one would suspect anything suspicious from that. No. But yeah, we got, we got Montana Parlay coming on who... Uh, I'll award him this uh, when, when we uh, have him on for the interview, but clearly the MVP of the weekend. He was at the game. <laughs> he was live streaming it from the Mint's Instagram account. We'll get into this with him. I don't want to spoil the interview, yeah, but spoil. holy cow, Montana Parlay, absolute MVP, MVP of the season so far. So this leads to the question, do we now just have to settle for Pluto and take what we can get as a FCS team? Do we, I mean, ESPN failed us. Big time. Big time. Like we were their biggest flag bearers we were their biggest opportunity to market to montana to the big sky conference and they let us down really big time 
But yeah. do we have to yeah. now, do we have to love Pluto? Do we have to stay loyal to the one that got us here? I'm conflicted right now. Pluto well, never Pluto never gave me a technical difficulty. It might be the well, shittiest quality ever. They have given us technical difficulties. Last weekend, not this past weekend, but two weekends ago, the audio in the Simon Fraser Portland State game didn't work. So they just played but, a group of rock music. But I'd rather have a video of the game than... Just nothing. Something that just says technical difficulties. There's something. There's something about getting like seventy five percent that's so frustrating that you don't have the twenty five percent. Then if you get zero percent, then it's just like, well, shit. We got to get Montana Partlight to start live streaming. It's like <laughs> it was like a pirated movie, like back in the day when you'd get it off of like BitTorrent or something. When someone goes into a movie yeah. theater with literally their handheld video camera. And you watch the movie yeah. that way. Yeah, there's frustration. That's what we are. That's what we're resorting to in 2019. Yeah, it's insane. Let's move on. I we got. We'll talk about this with parlay. Um, but for for every Montana uh, football fan out there, it was it was a hectic hour and a half on Saturday. Oh, it was. It was like I said, one of the biggest things to happen to all Montanans since the Unabomber was found in Lincoln. So. If you want to actually talk about football, let's go sure. to this. All right, so we really haven't touched much on the uh, the national polls where Big Sky teams are, Montana State, where Montana are in the national polls. And we look at the Stats FCS poll as our go-to poll, mostly because it has our teams ranked higher in, than any other poll, right? Well, UM's ranked 19 in both of them, but yes. <clears throat> oh, convenient. Traditionally okay. speaking, so, yeah. All right, so we have Montana State uh, clocking in at number eight this week. We have Montana down at number 19, actually uh, moving up a spot after their loss to Oregon, which was a, a decent loss, kind of like Montana yep. State's to Texas Tech. So Montana State at 8, the Grizz at 19. Do you think that those teams nationally are where they should be right now? I, admittedly, I do not have like a great understanding of the broader FCS. You know, we see... Uh, teams out of conference year to year. Um, and the last time we see them, I think that's the last impression I have. And it's like, and that stays that's with true. me until <laughs> the next time we see them. So it's like, I would have assumed Incarnate Word was still a pretty good football team. They're in the playoffs last year. Looking at the Sagarin ratings, they are towards the bottom of all of Division One football. Um, so, uh, you know, I think both, I think the Grizz are playing great football. Um, I think looking up and down this list, uh, you know, the cats, I don't think are playing great football, but they are, they've won the games that they needed to win. They've looked fine in their first three games. So I'm comfortable with where they're at. Uh, and I think the big sky showing is, is pretty strong. The one thing that, that that's interesting is, you know, in my bones, I still think that Eastern Washington is the toughest team in the Big Sky Conference, they dropped, they dropped. Yeah, they dropped from four to eleven. Seven spots for that loss to Jacksonville State, who's currently ranked number thirteen. It's not like they lost. Ooh, no, they to jumped up number. Word. They they jumped up to number ten in the stats poll. Jacksonville State did. Oh really? So oh, Eastern yeah, right. Eastern you're actually right. dropped seven spots. Jacksonville State jumped seven spots to right ahead of them. Yeah. So uh, you know, again though, early in the season, the media in the FCS is not as savvy as the media on the FBS level. Uh, there's a lot more fluctuation kind of, you know, we know the top, you know, five or six teams in the FCS 
everyone else, you know, I, uh, just looking at the top 25, are there a lot of people who have in-depth knowledge on Elon? Are there a lot of people who have in-depth knowledge on on Villanova? When Villanova won the national championship 10 years ago, I talked to friends who went there that didn't even know they were playing in the game. That's so not good. It, not good. It, it is. Uh, so to answer your question, I think everyone's, I'm comfortable with where the Grizz are ranked. Uh, they haven't beat anybody where it's like, I think that they need to jump up significantly because of that. Um, and the cats, you know, I, I don't love how they're playing, but they have taken care of business. So they shouldn't be penalized for, for winning close FCS games yeah. against teams that aren't terrible. What, what do you think? Well, I think, uh, I mean, one, I should preface this by saying, I think the best part about these polls are they're just entertainment for you and me to talk about. For us to look at during the season, to put numbers by the names. I'm so glad that we have a playoff system in FCS where the polls matter in the grand sense of like at the end of the season, the committee is going to look at the coaches poll, I think is the one they look at. And they're going to see where people are ranked at, but they're going to look at the body of work. Whereas when you're in the FBS, I know they have that selection committee of whatever people and they, they choose four teams and the polls take on a little bit bigger significance there. So I'm one, I'm really glad that we can just have fun with these polls during the season, knowing that we're going to have a group of human beings that are going to look at the field of, what is it now, 20-some? that get into the playoffs? 24. 24 to, that get into the playoffs. So it's nice to know that a lot of this is entertainment for us and just something for us to talk about and put a number by the team's name when we watch them on TV. But Montana State being in the single digits is something I didn't think we were going to see for a while. Um, you know, the last time, I, I don't know what year it was, the last time they were in the single digits of the polls in the top 10, top 9. And it's really good to see them back there. I think it's a testament to Coach Choate and the program he's building. So while I don't know, and I honestly, I say this with blue and gold glasses on all the time, I don't know if they're a top eight team right now, especially the way they played last week in Illinois. But it's so awesome to see them getting that respect, to see them back in the top 10. You know, there was, you know, in Choate's first year, maybe even his second year, nobody knew if this was going to be the guy that was going to get us back to like the national to have that name in everybody, you know, the, the national name where people are going to be respecting us and seeing us. So I think in that sense, I love being in that top 10. I don't know if the Cats have a top eight team right now based on, I mean, last week's game is what I'm very much basing it on. Yeah. It's more of like as a fan, really fun to see, I think is how I look at these polls. Look, and to the, to the Cats credit, they didn't look great at Western Illinois, but it is a road game. It is a Missouri Valley Conference team, and they won. You know, and I think that all of this goes to show a point that you've been hammering for for years now about kind of the how dumb preseason polls are. The Cats are number eight because they started probably higher than they should have in the in the polls, and they have done everything they've needed to since then. Right? They've mm-hmm. had two FCS games and they've won them. They were rated high in the polls because there was a narrative around them about that. They're a good team. It's not, I mean, none of this is scientific by the end of the year. I think we can, you know, rest assured that there's not going to be a team capable of winning the national championship that misses the playoffs. There may be some teams with decent. Oh yeah. That's not going to happen. The cats though, you know, we have, uh, they're going to blow out Norfolk state this weekend, but I think that we're going to truly see who they are. September twenty eighth against Northern yeah. Arizona. Yeah, and that's when the and I, I think I, that's when the polls start taking shape is when you do get into those those games. Look, if they get bl- yeah. if they get blown out by Northern Arizona, 
then they deserve to drop significantly. Oh yeah, free and fall. If they, if they beat Norfolk State, they don't deserve to probably move up unless someone above them yeah. doesn't take care of business. For sure. Um, but this is so merging our last our last subject and this subject. Do you think it helped? that voters could not watch the Montana State first half and probably gave up on trying to watch the Montana State second half against Western Illinois and move them up two spots because they saw them win by nine, which looks a lot better than it did compared to what you saw when you were watching the game. Totally. No, I, I, I would, think it was huge I that. that PSPN shit that. out on us. Yeah, no, I'd buy that. I mean, who you watch, make it makes such a difference, right? Like my impressions of Weber State in Eastern are, you know, shaped largely because I was able to watch those games. Mm-hmm. Um, not only able to watch it, but also chose to watch them. Uh, so I think there's something there for sure. So thanks ESPN. Yeah. For screwing up yeah. our Saturday. I guess it helped honestly, in the long run. Yeah. I don't think that. I don't think it would be right for a voter to watch that game and, you know, penalize Montana state. Oh, for sure. No, I understand that. A road, a road game against a peer team. All you can ask for is a win. They got the win. True. Hats off to them. They still have major, major holes, but. Ooh, not major, major holes. You're acting like they're like Northern Colorado. Uh, Quarterback. Quarterback's a pretty big position. (laughs) We'll get to that later. But so when we look at, when we look at the fiction, (laughs) fiction though, quarterback important or not important. Having a good leader at quarterback is very important. Okay. okay, so we look at the Big Sky teams that are ranked in the poll right now. We have UC Davis, who sits at 2-1 and one there in the number four spot. We have Weber State, 1-2 and two at the sixth spot. MSU at number eight. We have Eastern Washington at number 11. We have Montana at number 19. And that rounds out the Big Sky teams in the top 25. When I look down at who's receiving votes, if we're counting North Dakota in the Big Sky, they're receiving a couple votes. Northern Arizona is receiving some votes. Sac State getting 33 votes. They're kind of on that fringe. But those are the teams we right now that we have in the big sky. The one team that we may, I, I personally think, maybe a little bit ranked a little bit higher than they should be is UC Davis right now. Do we know that UC Davis is for real, or are we just carrying over what they did last year into this year and assuming that they're a top-five team? Well, I think... It goes to the imperfection of polling early on. UC Davis was legitimately good last year. They haven't really done anything uh, to spoil that reputation this year. Well, they almost so, lost to San Diego, who Cal Poly absolutely killed. True, but they, I mean, uh, I, this early on in the season, I think a win's a win. Um, so I, I, I'm comfortable with them being ranked where they are, uh, you know, in part because I don't have strong opinions on. Towson, Kennesaw State, who are ranked, you know, near them. So I, I can't make a good faith argument that Towson deserves to be ranked above them. You don't watch Towson games? Never. Wow. I know. I thought you were Sorry. committed to this FCS game. Sorry to report. The the one the one you didn't note, um, receiving votes in the Big Sky Conference, Idaho State is still receiving votes. One vote. One vote. <laughs> who did that this? Is, who so, voted for Idaho State? I am firmly on the bandwagon that in the Big Sky Podcast Network power rankings, they're ranked number 12. I think that's crazy. I think that's way too low. Uh, there's a sweet middle ground between saying that they're 
second worst in the big sky and receiving votes for the top 25 Idaho state. What they've done, they've played Western Colorado and then Utah. And they, yeah, the Utah score was respectable. Um, at least on the deep from a defensive perspective. So I, I, I don't think that this is a team that should be receiving votes. No, that's insane. And like incarnate word, receiving insane. a vote, Idaho state receiving a vote. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, who knows? There's a lot of voters in the stats FCS poll. Craig Haley puts it on. He he hands out the invites apparently to be able to vote in this poll. Whoever voted for Idaho State should get their poll taken away from them, but that's beside the point. One yeah, team, suspended. but one team that is receiving votes, who I think is deserving right now of receiving votes, is Sacramento State. Totally. So the Hornets just put up 50 points on powerhouse Northern Colorado. They kept it respectable against an Arizona State team that just went on the road and beat Michigan State. And yep. now, you know, people start wondering, is this a frisky little Hornets team up there in Northern California that could make some noise in the big sky? They're looking yeah. better. They're, they're yeah, looking better I'm, than they did last year, for sure. They're looking better than they did last year. This is a team that was, you know, both the coaches and the media picked uh, to finish either second to last or third to last in the conference going into the year. Uh, but there's, you know, their resume so far is about as good as you can have in the big sky. Like it, it's, it's impressive. They should be proud. Uh, you know, tr- coach Troy Taylor, when I met with him in at the media days said that the NFL team that he thought Sacramento state most uh, closely resembled was the 49ers of the 1980s, which wow. is maybe a little, uh, uh, I thought at the time was a little crazy, but maybe he was foreshadowing this very impressive season that they've put together. So Sacramento state, if you, if we roll back the clock two years in 2017, had a, uh, from they came from kind of the seller of the big sky and had a pretty good year in 2017. They had one of the easiest schedules probably in the Big Sky Conference uh, that year um, and probably barely made, barely missed the playoffs. They won their last three games, probably were one game out. They needed one more signature win. People thought, okay, is this Sac State team kind of the sexy pick in 2018? Well, 2018 came and they were the shits again, just like I dead thought. Last. Dead last. I thought they were going to be horrible. Luke from the Grizz Fan Podcast debated me on that to no end. Um, and I will always remind him of that. <laughs> but this year, obviously, started out pretty well. They play Fresno State this weekend, which we'll get to when we go around the big sky. When we start conference season, do you want to hear this schedule that they have to go through? Let's hear it, yeah. Home against Eastern Washington. Ouch. At Montana State. Oh. Home against the Grizz. Oh, no. At Cal Poly. Eh, eh, okay. eh. Home against Weber. At my boy Kate Case Cookus's house, Northern Arizona. Oh my God! At Idaho, and then home in the Causeway Classic against UC Davis. So that's every potential playoff team in the whole plus conference. Idaho, plus Idaho, plus Idaho, and plus a Frisky Cal Poly team who beat the shit out of San Diego. And yeah. it's down in Cal Poly. I mean, they I could mean, a- they could literally not win a game the rest of the year. And I, yes. I sincerely mean I that when I say that. That's not like a hyperbolic statement. They're going to lose to Fresno State. Good word. Thank you. English major, remember? Remember when I couldn't do anecdotally? <laughs> but I could do hyper, hyper, hyperbolic. Now I can't Nailed say it man. again. Thank you. So anyway, work. they could literally not win another game the rest of this season. 
Yeah. And right now Sacramento people are State. talking about them being that little frisky team. Could they, you know, make a playoff charge? If they make the playoffs going through that schedule, they're going to get a seed. Totally. No, I mean, if they if they make the playoffs with that schedule, they are going to be – it'll be the quickest turnaround from, you know, bottom of the big sky to contender. Um, it it – you they can't there's some teams that can and including Sacramento State in 2017 that kind of faked their way to uh which a good you can do in the big based sky. on their schedule you can do that which that would biggest, not be the case the here. worst thing about the big sky yes that would not be the case here though no this is as this is as bad of a schedule as you can get which so say the Sacramento State has a team I don't I'm not, I'm trying to compare but like say Sacramento State has a team that is maybe playoff worthy but they have to play every playoff team, every play, potential playoff team in the Big Sky Conference to try and get there. That's it sucks for them. Whereas you have yeah. you have you know someone that's maybe playing Southern Utah, Northern Colorado, Portland State, like this unbalanced schedule absolutely kicks Sacramento State in the ass this year. When they yeah, probably have one of their better teams that they've had in the last three or four years, five years. Look, so if they need to get to eight wins to get to the playoffs, they did themselves a disservice because right now in the eyes of the voters, they only have one and yep. they're out of conference schedule. They, you know, they scheduled a big sky game with Northern Colorado, which was great. They have two FBS games, which they'll have, they have no business of winning this weekend. Um, and the Southern Oregon, I'm pretty sure is NAIA. So they did themselves a disservice with their out of conference schedule. If they were going into conference play with three wins, you know, getting five, you know, say, all right, so they're going to be favored Cal Poly and Idaho. Then they only need to split with these other teams. That's a realistic way to go about it Mm -hmm. to get to eight wins. They basically have to run the table and that's an impossible task. I feel like we have been talking a lot about Sacramento state in the big sky Big Takes podcast in the Fantasy Builder. A lot of Hornets have been taken. I suspect that that trend will end in the near future. Yeah, I think their time has run out. I agree. Fun little pre-conference season for them. Yeah, it's been fun. It has been fun. And when we think about, when we look at pre-conference seasons also, there's Eastern Washington who, now we have to start wondering, is Eastern Washington... Ranked in our Montana Mint Power Poll. Right now they're ranked number four, right behind Montana State. Are they ranked there because of past achievements or are they ranked there because they are good this year? Their only win right now is against Lindenwood, which is that a D2 team, I'm assuming? Yes. A D2 team. They've lost to Jacksonville State. They lost to FBS Washington. And... Yeah, and obviously that win against Lindenwood, Lindenwood. So they've literally shown us nothing, and they let Lindenwood score 31 points on them. Is Eastern Washington still the power that they were, do you think, Bear Tycoon? Am I getting too far into this, too early into this season? Like, too far too early. Too they far are, too early? Okay. They're, they're great. We'll do grades after all of the out-of-conference games are over. Um, but Eastern Washington, will, I mean, it's as of this point, it's, it's an incomplete because – we don't know. It's not like they played poorly against Jacksonville State. No. They lost a very close game on the other side of the country to a ranked team, a team that's now ranked number 10. So but it's, but, that, but they that But Jacksonville State came out with that hype video. Yeah, that's true. How do you not go in there and just kick the shit out of them for making one of the worst hype videos in the history of NCAA sports? 
just find the kid who takes his shirt off and just attack him because he's wish, not he's not good at football. I wish we had his number so we could go back and actually watch the film on this game and see every play that that guy made. <laughs> just <laughs> to like point it out. That guy has the most confidence out of anyone in the FCS. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not – I think if you're doing the rankings, our power rankings, uh, in a vacuum of just this season, Montana should be ranked ahead of Eastern Washington. I agree that's with not that. Me, that's not me, Grizz Homer, saying it. No, nope. that's not you. Look at me. I Ultimate hate the troll saying it. Eastern Washington super fan, host of the Eagles Power Hour, Kyler Neal, said that on our panel show, Big Sky Big Takes, last night. It is. It's true. I mean, they Montana doesn't have a blemish on their record so far, um, and they should be ranked above them in Eastern Washington. I think there is a backlash to the Grizz where people now refuse to view them as a power team, which is appropriate. Which which may be appropriate based on the past couple seasons, but Three. I feel like it is it is weighing them down. Uh, there's no, a weight on I the think scale against I have to, I have to disagree with you on this. I think people are actually looking at the Grizz realistically now. I think that you that people are coming down from where they overestimated the Grizzlies because of their past dominance of the Big Sky, their past dominance in the FCS. I think the Grizz are actually getting looked at with like a neutral neutral glasses right now. I think this is great. I'm looking over at Jerry. It was exactly 45 seconds before you said that sentence. That you were saying how the Grizz should be ranked. They should be Eastern Washington. They should be, but I'm disagreeing with you. I'm disagreeing with you saying that the Grizz are looking. I'm disagreeing with you saying that the Grizz people are discounting the Grizz because of their past dominance and saying that they that they're 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 judging them towards that. I'm saying that I think the people are looking at the Grizz more realistically now because that past dominance that luster has worn off. So if they're looking at them realistically, they would be ranked ahead of Eastern Washington. I agree with that. If there is if there is something on the scale that is putting voters in a position where they're ranking them lower than they should, they'd be ranked below Eastern Washington. They're ranked below Eastern Washington. Therefore, I was just giving, I mean, I think that this is Eastern Washington. This is recency bias, obviously for Eastern Washington being ranked above them. Yes. But I, but I, but I, and I think, I don't think that the Grizzlies is so much recency bias. It's just people are not looking at them as that dominant, Big Sky program anymore, like the number one team in the Big Sky, no matter what anymore. That's what I was saying. Sure, I agree with you that Eastern Washington has shown us nothing that they should be ranked above the Cats or the Grizz right now. Yeah, no, I agree. So, Eastern Washington, I can't wait to see them in conference, just so we can get a handle on what's going on with them, what we're looking at with Eastern Washington. But what we want to go to next in uh, a newer segment, you know, we. We have transferred away or, or gone away from the first and 10 because nobody knew if we were going up or down. If Why is it first and 10 when there's five downs? Are we in Canada, which is only three downs? Are we in NFL Europe, which I don't even know how many downs they had? We're going to try out a new segment for you guys. Are you excited, well, Bear let's, Tycoon? Let's hear about it. Yeah. This one's called Out or In, which came to me okay. after I had like five beers in Vegas last weekend and I was pissed about Montana State's quarterback, which we'll get to. Great work. Yeah, he's on the list. <laughs> Is he? Okay. So I'm going to go first, set it up. I think our viewers, our listeners are smart enough to pick up where we're going with this when I ask that first question. So there's not much we, ha- we have to talk to them about, uh, you know. 
So okay. here we go, yeah. Bear Tycoon. I'll go first, okay? Ready? Huh? Okay. So are you in or out on Adam Eastwood's fumble last year during the Cat Grizz game, if you remember, being the catalyst for him being demoted to RB2 basically all of this season? Um, is that the reason why? Uh, I'm out on that statement because okay. I'm in on the statement that Marcus Knight has been a huge bright spot on the first three games of the Grizz season. There, this is Bobby Houck is big on everybody's job is open every game, and at running back, no no job is safe anywhere on the team. And that running back Marcus Knight has simply outperformed Adam Eastwood and the other running backs on the roster. He deserves to be. RB1, and good for him. Three touchdowns against FCS Alabama, that'll do it. So you don't think there's anything in the back of Houck's mind that says, this guy kept me out of the playoffs, this guy made me look like an idiot in front of the whole state of Montana last year? Maybe something in uh, Eastwood's mind that is holding him like back a, a mental little bit. block. Yeah. Um, I can't, you know, who knows, but uh, no, from, from a Houck perspective, I don't think there's so you're anything out on that. Out on that. Okay. All right. Let me pull up mine. Um, my number one. Okay. My number one hot take, Nate. Are you in or out on post-game social media videos that are dishonest? And you'll like this because what prompted this question is if you go to Western Illinois' uh, Instagram and Twitter page, they have a, a video recapping the Bobcat game where if you watched it, you would assume that they blew the Bobcats out in front of a packed stadium. And I don't know who the audience for this is, but it is completely dishonest. Are you in or out on uh, dishonest social media videos following a game? I'm out on that. 100% out. It's fake Just don't news. show the video. It's fake. Yeah. Why one, why are you making a video when your team got, got, got the L um, even if it's a close game, even if you lose by a game-ending field goal, what are you putting together that makes you proud of that game that you want to hype it hype it out there? Like, I get that there's highlight tapes. I get that there's recaps. You can show all the stuff there, but why are you putting it to cool pump-up music? Why are you sending it out there to your followers? And at the end, you have to put like the final score up there that shows that you lost by nine points at home. <laughs> they didn't put the final score up. Well, that's – I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, now that no, you say that, but no, I think uh, <laughs> I think I love hype videos. I know that you hate them. You think they're overplayed. I'm out on them. You're out on hype yes. videos as a as a whole. I love hype videos. Every time Montana State releases one, I'm down with it. They did not full disclosure it's release least, one. They did not release a hype video after Texas Tech. But I will say that there was one hype video that I absolutely loved that was released before the Texas Tech game this year, and it was Coach uh, Choate addressing the team, the Montana State team, in the locker room after their loss to North Dakota State last year. And mm-hmm. it was talking about how they're going to come back stronger this next year. They're going to you know, thank the seniors for everything they did for the program, tell them how they need to look at a power football team and what we need to do to get there. So I think there was something in that hype video that was awesome, but it wasn't dishonest. It definitely showed the Cats getting their asses kicked by North Dakota State. So I think the distinction is you have to, when you put out a video after a loss, it has to tell the full story. Montana State's definitely told the full story about them getting killed by North Dakota State. Western Illinois was bullshit, and I do not agree with it. It's fake news. Yeah. Well, after losing uh, 
18 games in his first three years, Coach Choate has definitely perfected the post game. We just lost the best. I think the best high videos are the ones that after, that got uh, released after Cat Grizz games in his first three years. <laughs> that showed amazing highlights, some pump up music, got you juiced up for the next season because oh, yeah. they beat the Grizz the last three seasons. Yep. But that's uh, what, neither here nor there. What's your next one? So my next one, are you in or out on the University of Northern Colorado who just got beat 50 to nothing by Sacramento State, upsetting a potential playoff team during their schedule, their Big Sky slate of scheduling, and getting someone eliminated from the playoffs in the upset of the year? Out. I mean, there's, there's nothing that Northern Colorado has done uh, to show that they deserve uh, any any fear, any respect in the Big Sky Conference. There are, look, whenever you talk about Northern Colorado, the conversation always goes to like, you know, it's not the coach's fault. He recruits all this talent. And Northern Colorado does have a lot of uh, pro talent that comes out of there. Hats off to them. Uh, but that pro talent is not translated into success in the big sky. And it's one of two things. It's either it's impossible to put together a good football team in Greeley, Colorado. Um, the campus, the facilities, the recruitment pool, whatever it is, that's impossible. Or Ernest Collins is a coach who's respected by players, a coach who is good at recruiting this talent, but is a coach who's, not good at winning football games. Okay, so if I and, oh go ahead. And sorry. so to me, to me, he has done nothing. He's a very nice guy, unquestionably nice guy, but that does not make me fear him in any any game this year. I'm looking at their. Okay, schedule. so I'm going to go none through. I'm going to ask you yes or no. None of these teams. Yes or no. Should be scared. October fifth at Northern Arizona. Do they have a chance? Should the to Lumberjacks win? be scared? No. October 12th at Eastern Washington. Should the Eagles be scared? No. November 9th at home against Montana State. Do the Bobcats have to be scared? Absolutely not. The 16th of November at North Dakota. Should North Dakota be scared? I, I don't know. North Dakota is not North bad Dakota. this year. Like they're, they're a Are fringe they, oh, 25 top 25 team. Yeah, no. They shouldn't be scared. Though. Okay. So I'm going, okay, you're all out then. All out. I'd have to agree with you. I think Northern Colorado I, is going to go winless. We talked about this on the Big Sky Big Takes last night. They're not going to get a win this season. Idaho, who plays them September 28th, I'd be I skipped that because scared. they're not a playoff team. I'd be a little scared. Well, they're not, not a playoff not team. all the way scared. Well, they're yeah. not a playoff team. Oh, that's a good point. My question that's was specifically point. playoff teams, and we know that Idaho is not going to be a playoff team. Yes. All right, you're yes, up. Yes, we, we know that. We know that. Oh, we yeah. know that. So... All right, I'm going to – my second one we already talked uh, about at length, um, and so I'm going to skip that. It's is in or out Idaho State as a bottom-tier team. We're both out on that statement. They're somewhere in the middle. Um, so I'm going to skip Do we know that, that though? I'll go to, oh, yeah. Yeah, we know it. I'm, right in, on the, I'm know. in on them being a bottom-tier team. I'm going on record right now. You heard it here. Week four okay. in bottom-tier team. Pretty sure that contradicts you from a few minutes ago, but oh, I didn't think I said anything about them earlier. All right, let's give us thirty seconds on this. We've talked about the Bengals way too much already. Okay, well, I'm I'm not going to talk anymore about them then. You don't have any thoughts? No, I don't know okay. anything about them. They haven't played anybody. That's true. 
All right, so I'll, I'll I'll do my last one, and then you can do your last one. Oh, so you can do two in a row? Yeah, because okay. my, my second one was like a, a little it's hiccup. Shitty. Uh, well, last next time that should be a lesson not to ruin your in and out earlier. Okay, well, then you do yours. Okay, I'm going to do mine. Are you in and out on stadium gimmicks? So this week, Montana State has striped the stadium, where every section is assigned a color, blue or gold, obviously, <laughs> to stripe the stadium. Are you in and out on stadium gimmicks like this, like the gold rush where everybody's wearing gold, the whiteouts that you'll see? I don't know if the Grizz do maroon outs. I don't know. Are you into stadium gimmicks? Or are you just like come to the game, cheer, and let's say it's going in or out on stadium gimmicks? Uh, like everything, stadium gimmicks have been overplayed a huge oh, deal. Oh, yeah. You know, Big by time. a huge, a huge margin. So uh, I don't want to say I'm out because I don't like hate them. It's just like I I don't hate everyone who copied the turnover chain. It's just it feels forced and it feels a little gimmicky. Uh, I like the gold rush. I think that's kind of cool. This stripe the stadium, horrible, it's a little too cute. There's the the uh, you're getting a little too specific at that point when you're trying to get twenty thousand fans to wear specific colors. The fan engagement their, department know. of Montana State. Uh, just needed an idea. They hit they hit a home run with gold rush like twelve years ago or whenever it started. And haven't had a new idea since. This is the result. Now they're striping the stadium. Yeah. It's not. A, I don't know. I mean, it's I been like done it when it's past. a tradition. I went to the I went to the stripe to the stadium game last year against Eastern Washington, and it was like oh, forty six wow. degrees. So everybody was wearing jackets, and nobody's going to color yeah. coordinate their damn jacket to the section they're sitting no. in. So they took a picture. Like everybody, take off your jackets for this picture. And you looked, and it's like, yeah, it's all right. It wasn't that cool. So I would say go away with the stripe to stadium. Stay with Gold Rush. I think whiteouts are pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm. So I think I'm, that's I'm that was a really diplomatic and a very good way to answer that question. Was it depends on what the damn gimmick is. No, I'm. So to answer the question specifically, I'm in on the gimmick. Oh, okay, but just don't don't be a tryhard. Don't don't force it. Got a it. lot of a lot of teams are forcing it. Okay, um, and I will say what I what I would be in on. Is remember back in the day, stadiums used to hand out like squares of different yeah. colors, and then all the fans would hold them up, and they'd be pixels of a giant picture. <laughs> Montana State did that like six years ago, I think. I haven't seen it. I feel like I've never seen it in person. I've been in a lot of a lot of games. Yeah. Um, I'd be in if someone wanted to. It's kind of cool because uh, they put a little they put a little cutout square in it so you can see. <laughs> yeah, Montana State did yeah. that. I, I don't know. That probably had to be six right. years ago, five or six years ago. Yeah, that one I'm was actually kind of cool uh, when that they took the cool picture idea. from the drone. Yeah, that was kind of cool. on that. Okay, I'd my last on one. My last one. Uh, you know, Montana State's quarterback in or out on him. I I don't even know his name. I wrote down you Captain do. Ballman. You know, his Captain name. Ballman. I know is not correct. What is? What are your thoughts? It pains me to be in or out on this. Like I don't want He's, to have to answer this. He stinks. I'm out. <laughs> I was not. in. I was in until this Western Illinois game. I wanted. I, I silenced the haters. I kept telling everybody who was texting me and slacking me, saying it needs to be Troy. It needs to be someone else. And I was saying no, giving a little bit of time. It goes Should against everything I want to do because I want this guy to succeed. He's that NFL prototype quarterback. Choate still says in his press conference today that he's, you know, he's progressing, but I'm out on Casey Bauman. He stinks. What is, go to Troy. I don't know what, but I, I don't want to go to Troy. That was like the last thing I want to do is go to Troy Anderson. But we yeah. might have to. Well, 
think you might have I'm to. win now. I'm in the win mountain win now philosophy. <laughs> I want to see I mean Rovic had a really good game against Wagner last year and then he broke his foot and he was going to be the start of the next week. Do we turn yeah, the ball over to him? Uh, look, uh, if the Cats can keep winning with this uh with this game man, it's like almost like having um like who's the best game manager like Trent Dilfer? Yeah. And a good defense. The Cats have an unarguably good defense. If you can win with a Trent Dilfer type quarterback at quarterback and let your defense win the games, let these guys, these explosive guys come in and, and make these plays, like, yeah, keep doing it, I guess. But man, I don't know if yep. you can keep doing it. Yeah. No, it's uh it is something. This is definitely gonna bite them in the butt eventually. So I'm out. I'm officially out. Love it. All right, good segment. Okay, so let's look at our two schools. We'll start with this week. We'll start with the Grizzlies. How about that? Great, thank you. So Montana, yeah. So Montana went to Oregon last week. So they were the number fifteen team in the country at the time. Oregon was uh, in FBS. Montana comes out of it with a thirty-five to three loss. No touchdowns scored, but they kept respectful, respectable, and respectful. Hopefully, hope they were good yeah, sports. They were. I hope they were good sports. Yep. But. So when you look at this game, you know, I got to talk about Montana State playing at Texas Tech, kind of tell you what I thought about that game. What were your initial thoughts on this Oregon game? What were you happy about? What were the positives and negatives coming out of an FBS game like that? So the one the one positive, and I want to start with it because I think it's important, Jerry Louis McGee broke the Grizz career yeah. receptions record. He has that been hair. he has been And the best hair record. Best hair record. He's been one of the most fun players to watch over the past few years. One of my favorite Grizz players to watch, period, um, in my life as a Grizz fan. It was, you know, I love that he did this. I love that he's having a good senior year. So hats off yeah. to him. Uh, I, and I hope the the home crowd this weekend when Monmouth comes in recognizes this accomplishment because it, it is something special. A team with this history of uh, great passing offenses to have someone like this Break the career record. It deserves to be recognized and uh, and celebrate. Yeah, such a such a chantable name. So it's oh man, how cool is that? So cool. So like, cool. what happens if Dalton Sneed breaks the record? People aren't just going to start cheering Dalton or Sneed. You can't you can't chant Sneed. You can't can't do it. So um, Jerry, that's a it's a great it's a, that is cool as a even as a cap fan. I I've, he's electric. So that was pretty cool. So that was a good way to start with it because that was pretty cool that he set that all-time receptions record. Yeah. Then so, then I think your goal in these games is, you know, one, goal number one: do not walk away with any major injuries. Uh, goal number two: don't be embarrassed. Thirty-five to three against yeah. the number fifteen team in the country. That's not. That's nothing to be embarrassed about. They didn't get a touchdown. But they only had one turnover. Uh, they put up, I think, around 250 yards. They moved the ball uh, on a couple drives. And, you know, some guys got dinged up during the game, but uh, it do- nothing that I saw uh, said that there, you know, any significant long-term injury. So uh, I was just very happy overall. It, it, it always sucks yeah. when your team loses, even when they're supposed to lose. And, frankly, I... Uh, had the game on, but was not closely watching it just because I knew what the outcome was going to be. But it overall, we need the money. I'm glad it happened. Let's move on and yeah. let's see what the Grizz uh, are capable well, of going it, forward. 
And it was almost an identical point differential of the Montana State-Texas Tech game. I think Montana State-Texas Tech was 35 points. This one was 32 points. Both teams came out largely unscathed injury-wise. Got their money. Got a little bit of exposure in different markets. Maybe not a different market for the Grizz. We're kind of all in the pack Northwest, but a different market for the Cats down in uh, Texas. But yeah, I think that we came out of our FBS games this year with some money, a little bit of experience, and we didn't lose anything doing it. Yeah, which no, I it, think all you all you can really ask for in these FBS games. And these FBS games are frustrating when they are paired with a D two game, the Grizz and the Bobcats. One FBS game, three FCS yep. games. And As that, a, that to me is yeah. the perfect recipe for out of conference for a fan control. too. Yes, and for a fan, how nice was that not to have to. I mean, we kind of had that, that throwaway game against the FBS schools where we were excited to watch them play, but we didn't really care about the outcome. We didn't have to go into any of these D2 games and worry about kind of scheduling our day around it to watch it. Yeah. Maybe behind a $10 paywall on Learfield. I would rather watch yeah. the Grizz get beat by an FBS team than blow out a, a 100%. D2 team. And have to pay $10 to Learfield right. Sports to go behind <laughs> their bullshit paywall. Yes. We hate you, Learfield. We we literally hate Learfield sports. Yes. Well, we love you. I'm going on where you won't sabotage games going forward. Nope. But they already did, and I am out on Learfield You're right. sports. No, I hate him too. So, hate. all right. So, <laughs> so not much to talk about. The Grizz fan podcast did a great podcast this week. It's about two hours on the Grizz, so about two hours too long, in my opinion. But other people really seem to like that podcast. They did a great job on this uh, UM Oregon game and looking forward. So go check out the Grizz Fan Podcast. It's a part of the Montana Mint Sports Podcast Network. Those guys are awesome. They do a great job. So we're not going to spend too much time on that because they did it. But looking forward to Monmouth this week. And Monmouth comes to Washington Grizzly Stadium. It's their last tune-up game before the conference season starts. It's not looking like it's going to be this insane test by any means. They're not a upper echelon FCS team. So what are you looking at this week? Tell me a little bit. Do you know anything about Monmouth Bear Tycoon? Well, I know they're in New Jersey. Um, I okay. went to I went to college in New Jersey, so would occasionally run into some Monmouth folks. Um, what were they like? Tell me about them. Monmouth, pretty forgettable, I suppose okay. is, is the best way to, to describe okay. them. I know they were there. Um, but they were yeah, there. I don't. I don't have strong memories of the of the folks from Monmouth, but we went out there a few times, um, and it was fun. It was a fun town. That I don't. Is that the know. actual town is Monmouth. I think so, there, or it's Monmouth County, maybe. Oh, so now you're going. To, oh, the fun county because everybody we went says to that. whatever town the the university's in. Yeah, it's in Monmouth okay. County, but it looks like it's technically in. The booming metropolis of West Long Branch, in the borough oh, yeah. of Monmouth yeah. County. So, okay, um, but yeah, was, you know, for a twenty-year-old without an ID, it was a fun place to go out in. Uh, again, going back <laughs> to what we were talking about earlier, in my head, Monmouth is a solid football team because two years ago they made the playoffs, and I remember registering in my dumb brain like, "Oh, Monmouth, this is a New Jersey team. They're in the playoffs." Okay. They're, they must be pretty solid. Uh, they got blown out by Northern Iowa in round one two hey. years ago. Uh, oh, two years ago, yeah. Two years ago. They did not make the playoffs last year. And now in, in the Sagarin ratings, towards the bottom, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, they're 2-1 and one on the Kind of who cares? I just don't. 
I don't care. The Grizz should beat them uh, okay. significantly. I think they are favored by more than three touchdowns. So, uh, what's their mascot? That's a good question. Do you know? You know their mascot? I don't know. I don't know. You're supposed to look this. You know, we Mon send Myth out assignments Hawks. before this podcast. Monmouth Hawks. Okay. Well, we shouldn't have to do that in front of everybody. Yeah. They were Next time, be a little more prepared when you talk about and, your team. Eight and three last year. Okay. Uh, four and one in conference. Just the Hawks. No, the Hawks. no adjective before Hawks. Nope. Hawks. Okay. Um, wow. If you're interested, well, so okay, we are. In We're definitely interested in anything research, you have about Monmouth. Uh, former notable players from Monmouth include NFL oh, legends Jose Gums, Neil Sterling, and Hakeem Vowles. Also, a uh, couple scrubs: Chris Hogan, Miles Austin. Uh, some folks in the CFL, which we, you know, we love the CFL. We loved, loved past loved, tense. Love the CFL. Tevrin Brandon, uh, who currently plays on the Hamilton Tiger Cats, our arch rival, our former arch rival. We hate rival. them. Yeah. So we hated them. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. I, you know, Grizz fan cool. podcast. No, that guys. was really good. I'm glad that you did all that, uh, research for the podcast. Let our listeners know about Monmouth. I'm sure that everybody's going into this game now with some background, with a lot of you know information. They're going to go to this game, tell all their friends in their sections about Monmouth. They're, so gonna, they're really, just going to talk, yeah. tell everyone in their section about how one of the idiot hosts from this podcast went to college nearby and knew in a couple. A, he knew about the people. county that they were in. Yeah, <laughs> I know people who went to the university. Very forgettable people. Forgettable. Very county. forgettable. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So now this is the question, I guess, that uh, I want to know from you. And you can ask the same for me when we get into it. But what do you want to see out of the Grizz this weekend going into conference play? They got UC Davis, if I'm not mistaken, the week after, correct? Correct. Yep. Huge game against UC Davis. So what do you want to see in this last non-conference game? You have the opportunity to go into the conference season 3-1 and one with three FCS wins, which is so huge when it comes playoff seeding time, playoff time at all. What do you want to see this weekend going into conference play? A, a W. I, I've i been very just impressed. A just a W. I am not. Uh, the Grizz should win this game. Um, and, you know, it'd be great if they blew them out like North Alabama. But I, I don't need a score like that to be happy. I don't care if they cover. I want them to be 3-1 and one going into conference play. Because you can see a scenario where, uh, you know, if this team is kind of as bad as a lot of the indicators show, maybe you don't want to kind of open up the playbook. Maybe you want to get some guys, some reps uh, that you normally wouldn't. I'm fine with them. I'm fine with the W. I don't, I don't care as long as there's a win. Hey, that makes sense. What about you with uh, Norfolk state? So Norfolk state, um, one of our hosts did research on the opponent this week. You're welcome. Histori- his- that wasn't you. Historically black college from Norfolk, Virginia. Don't know much about don't know much about them besides that they were founded in 1935. Their motto is "We see the future in you," Ooh. which I think is pretty inspiring. I don't know what Montana State's is. Maybe mountains and mines or something like that. Well, you keep talking. I'll look it up. Okay, thank you. So anyway, Norfolk State's coming over here from the East Coast. They are in the MIAC, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. They've been a FCS team since 1997. Not too worried about them. They are in the Sagarin ratings, which, again, we only reference when it helps our narrative. 
pretty far down at the bottom of the Sagarin range. Where are they so at? not a very two something. I sent you them. That doesn't help our listeners at all. No. No, we're I sent you the Sagan ratings. Yeah. They're they're bad. Okay. How bad though? They're bad. There are like worse than Northern Colorado bad, I think. Yeah, they are they're two thirty two. That is thirty one spots behind Northern Colorado. So this (laughs) Montana State should absolutely rock this team. So it's Norfolk State, and by the way, they are the Spartans. Okay. But get this, their stadium that they play in, if Wikipedia is correct, which it always is, right? What do you think their capacity at their stadium is over in Norfolk, Virginia? Uh, I don't know. 8,000? 30,000. <laughs> they play at William Dick Price Stadium. <laughs> 30,000 It says it's a 30,000-seat multi-purpose stadium located on the campus of Norfolk State University. Opened in 97. Uh, oh, no. I'm looking at a picture now. I think that might be a typo. I don't see how you could fit 30,000 people into the stadium. So Wikipedia may be wrong on this. I might go in and edit it <laughs> under the Bear Tycoon name and put 3,000. I think there might be an extra zero in there. Oh, man. Either way, glad we're not playing there. Glad we're playing at home because uh, the atmosphere is going to be a lot better. The one thing is their all-time record right now in football is 334 and 334. Ooh. With 14 ties. So they are in exactly at 500. That is so awesome. Yeah. So we get the opportunity this week to knock Norfolk State out of that 500 position. Make them, them a under losing 500. team. Losing program. Yeah. Program. Not just a team, but a program. That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. It's something that I don't think the Cats are going to take lightly, and I'm sure that it's something Choate, uh, Coach Choate has pointed out to them. Yeah, I'm sure. So, <laughs> I'm sure. So the Spartans made one FCS appearance. It's so fun doing this because I'm literally just reading down the Wikipedia and acting like this is all breaking news or like that I looked this up this week. <laughs> so they have one FCS playoff appearance. It was in 2011. They lost to Old Dominion 18 to 35. They did make the quarterfinals of a Division Two playoffs in 1984. Okay, but they lost. So that's that's really topical right now is the nineteen eighty four quarterfinals in the division two. So it's it's one of those teams I knew in nineteen eighty four and their name kind of stuck with me. And I knew they were in the playoffs, so I thought they maybe were a maybe a, a force to be reckoned with, but they're really not. So Yeah. No, I'm what, we'll see. That's that's the rundown win. of Norfolk State's Wikipedia page basically. You guys need uh, to win if big. you were too lazy to look it up. Yeah. We should win big. I think we're favored by like twenty seven. All right. Well, I think more than anything I want to talk about uh, the actual game you don't know what I, and game experience yeah. from last week. Oh, you don't want to know anything more about... Oh, you want to know about last weekend? Yeah. By the way, I think it's a W this weekend. That's all I want to see. Okay, good. Nice expectations. Thank you. Okay, so, so I'm with you. I do want to hear more about this Western Illinois University game that Montana State went to. Coach Choate actually talked about it quite a bit in his press conference on Monday that this was a really, really weird game. He talked about the facilities. He talked about how the walk from Bobcat Stadium to the field house was actually closer than the walk from the stadium in Western Illinois to the actual locker rooms. <laughs> he talked about how he had no idea what the hell was going on with TV timeouts because nobody was telling him what was going on. The refs were shitty. The organization was shitty. Literally, he said in his press conferences that the atmosphere was horrible and that the Montana State players were 
coming away with a sense of gratitude for what they have at Montana State in the sense of fan support, stadium, game day atmosphere. Like if you haven't seen Coach Choate's interview this week leading into this game and kind of debriefing on Western Illinois, you have to watch it. I've never seen him. He's a very classy guy. He's not a he's not a Hulk type who's going to talk shit a lot. But he he was throwing some shade this week in his press conference. So go watch that because he was definitely hating on the referees, the Western Illinois program, the Western Illinois, how they just handled their football game, the atmosphere. So watch that. Did you see that, Bear Tycoon? I didn't, but I will watch it. You uh, have to. Right after this. But I do think we had someone in the stadium. We, we did. bring him in to talk about this. He can contribute to this conversation. All right, let's do it right now. So, yeah, we wanted to talk and get into that Western Illinois game. So much crazy shit happened. Nobody in Montana could watch it. Uh, Like we said earlier, one of the biggest news stories that we had seen in the last 10 years. We had someone on the ground. We had boots on the ground in Macomb, Illinois. Montana Parlay, the hero of the day. The MVP. The MVP. And we actually got him on the phone tonight to join the podcast, the Montana Men's Sports Podcast, and tell us about his experience in Macomb, Illinois. So we welcome on, for the first time this season, live, Montana Parlay. How's it going, Montana Parlay? Um, things are pretty dark in this basement. I haven't been able to pay for the power of my bets lately. Yeah, your bets have been pretty shitty. We we understand that. And so, luckily, we're bringing you on this week to more or less talk about your, your time in Macomb. So, let me paint a picture for our listeners. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong in any of this timeline. You took the train from Union Station in Chicago. Correct. Had a couple of cocktails on the way. And a Bloody Mary and a, and a beer. Took it easy. Okay. Two cocktails. How long was the train ride? Uh, about three and a half hours just under that. So, so like all of us, you drink two cocktails in three hours. <laughs> Got to McComb. So tell us when you got off the train in Macomb, what did what what kind of vibe did you get from Macomb, Illinois? Well, it wasn't just Macomb. I, I missed out on a little bit of an Instagram experience because as we pulled into a, a station on the way uh, in Galesburg, Illinois, which is oh, yeah, Galesburg, north yeah. north of the Mason-Dixon line, by the way, they were proudly flying a Confederate flag. I, I kind of thought the train got lost on the way or went through some kind of wormhole. Uh, but anyway, we get to Macomb, nice small town. Um, and it, we're look, looking around. There's, they've got the bar right, walking distance from the train station. It was perfect. Uh, little sports corner was the name of the bar. And it turned out to be the tailgate for the Montana uh, State Bobcats. Uh, the, the friend I was with who was actually an alumni of Montana State, he was supposed to set us up with the tailgate. He thought it was at the parking lot. Uh, thankfully, the first bar we walked into was actually where the tailgate was before the game. So the, so the alumni tailgate was actually at a bar, assumingly because there's no atmosphere at the Western Illinois Stadium to have a tailgate. So you guys got to the bar. How many Cats fans were there at that uh, alumni tailgate? 
You know, there was a good amount. I, I would say, um, you know, by the time we left, about 25, 40 fans. They had like a back room that was full of cat fans. So it was a pretty decent showing. And I'd have to say, going on these road trips in just some small town that isn't serviced by an airport, the closest airport was Quad Cities, Iowa, and Illinois. That was over an hour drive, and that's not much of an airport. And, you know, you have these people coming to the games. I met a guy from Alabama who lives in Huntsville. He drove there, left at 3 in the morning to make it to the cat game. Um I thought he looked familiar. Turns out he's got a twin, identical twin brother that lives in Bozeman who hangs out at the tailgate there. So I've probably seen his brother. But, you know, little things like that. You run into these people that are just <laughs> diehard Bobcat fans. Uh, they love FCS football. It, it was a great time. That's awesome. So, and I think that that is the one fun thing that I always loved uh, was, was going to these away games and seeing the Cats fans who make the trip. So that's always fun to, to get to. When I tell you to do that, even if it is in Macomb, uh, Illinois, where nobody knows where the hell that is. It, and it is closer to Iowa than Chicago, right? Yes, it is. It's, uh, oh, I'd say about an hour from the border of Iowa. Uh, and that, just the way the train route goes, it's actually quicker to take the train than drive because there is no interstate freeway, tollway, whatever you want to call it, that goes through Macomb. In fact, their transportation is very limited in that town. They have a w- one cab driver, <laughs> no Uber, and one dude who occasionally turns on his uh, Lyft app and will pick up people. And he was not active Sunday morning after the game because we had to catch the train at 7 a.m. So that means we had to leave on foot at 6.15 a.m. <laughs> in, in the rain. So Celebrating uh, a thank- win. Celebrating win, thankfully. Uh, luckily, the the nice hotel owner had some garbage bags we could use and makeshift into a little rain jacket for the nice <laughs> uh, stroll down <laughs> a two-lane road in the dark and the rain to the train station from our Super 8 hotel. Well, really I mean, ended on a high note. Really ended on a yeah. high note. I think uh, uh, Parlay... I only got one question about this, this experience. I want to know more about the bleachers in the end zone at Western Illinois. Game day experience. Every time these things came on the screen, I was giggling. Were they as funny in person as they were on TV? Well, I mean, anytime you show up at a field and there is a track, like an actual <laughs> like track for like – it's like in middle school – uh, oh, we saw. You have yep. to cross the track to get to the football field. You I mean, know, you know for a good Dallas time. Stadium, right? Dallas Stadium, yeah. you and me. Yeah, Dallas Stadium. You know that that high school field in Cheney with the red. You know, anytime a field's like that. Oh, Cheney. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's a it's a red high school field. But anytime there's a track involved, it's you know you're in for an epic experience, and and that those stands just put it over the top. I mean. <laughs> It literally uh, looked, you know, like I think it was 10 people wide by maybe five rows deep. Is oh, not even those 10 people were. wide. It was like uh, yeah, I the bet. people sitting there were, were husky. Uh, they were only getting about five or six. And I think yeah. it was three or four deep. Uh, I can't believe they make bleachers that small. 
Yeah, they might have been special ordered for VIP fans. <laughs> so, so you, so obviously the stadium wasn't you know up to par on some of the FCA stadiums that you've been to. You know, Montana's Montana States, where you know a lot of times they're not. So as you're watching this game, like, so where were you sitting? Like, where were your seats in this stadium? Well, we were uh, about on the 30, 40 yard line directly in the sun uh you know i don't know what we're on the front row so literally the the players the coaches the referees could hear me better than anyone else and as you can maybe tell now i still haven't fully recovered my voice hasn't fully recovered so you know it it's great to have that kind of access were so you were super close you were on the bobcat side Yes, the Bobcats. Could, could uh, Jeff Choate or any of the players hear you commenting on the game? Well, that that brings up an interesting story. Um, you know, one I asked a trooper to arrest a referee after that pass interference call <laughs> in the second half, and it brought a laugh from a few people, a few assistant coaches, and the trooper himself. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, I wasn't kicked out for anything I said. Uh, at one point, I got into a bit of a heated exchange, uh, good-natured fun, of course, with some Western Illinois fans that were standing on the track, and they claimed that the referees were against them. You know, and I don't think anyone watching that game would agree with that. But yeah. you know, we got into a bit of a yelling match, and then they said, "Well, your QB sucks," and I think in my Whoa. I, Whoa. I might have said, I might have said, well, yeah, he does. Well, l- let me clear some things up, um, especially since Bauman was warming up about 10 feet in front of me and definitely <laughs> heard me. Bomb, Casey, you yeah, so don't please, suck. Please clear, please clear so yeah, I'm going to clarify something here. Yeah, he's you don't suck, all right? Our QB does not suck. He is an absolute unit. He's like a mix of Brock. Osweiler and Tim Tebow. I'm talking about physicality here. The guy is massive. I had no idea he was that thick and tall. Okay, he can throw a deep ball. However, okay, his mechanics do suck. He he can't throw the intermediate ball. There was a few times when he set up and made a quick throw and hit his target. But for the most part, when he had too much time, or he was looking for a guy on a short pass. He his throwing motion was just too long. I would not be surprised if he has a background as a pitcher in baseball. It just is not good mechanics, and he's going to have to work on that if he wants to, you know, play out the rest of his years uh, for Montana State, or even the so rest. So, are season. you are you issuing a formal apology? I'm. You know, I, I never want to say a college kid sucks at anything. Uh, what I will say is that his mechanics suck. So if it came out the wrong way, I do apologize. <laughs> I, so, I like problem. how you – yeah, I do like how you compared it to Brock Osweiler and Tim Tebow, uh, two people that are out of the league right now and both um, <laughs> just existed because of their physical traits, which doesn't but bode well for two, Casey Two of my Bauman. top five favorite quarterbacks. So he's yeah, and two quarterbacks that would absolutely dominate the big sky. Let's yes. face it. Come on. 
<laughs> yes. Well, if Casey Ballman is an NFL prospect right now, that'd be pretty awesome. Or if he's winning national championships, say that'd be a great issue to have. But I'm not seeing Hartley, right give now, us. So. Uh, we'll let you go here in a sec, but give us a grade grading the Bobcats' performance. Grade the Western Illinois uh, stadium. Grade the Western Illinois fans, and grade your overall experience traveling down in Macomb, Illinois. Four grades. That's four Go. things. That's four, four grades, man. You can't remember those. I know you there did was, have two cocktails three days ago, so let's go. Yeah, and and there was no outline. Producer Jerry, of course, did not send me an outline, so I'm probably going to miss these grades. But the oh, Bobcat, a perf- the, the Bobcat performance, if I – you know, this is why gambling in uh, – college football is risky because there's no official injury reports without the knowledge that I had after the game, I would have given the Bobcats a solid D plus, but knowing that now that Afonso was hurt and did not even suit, didn't play a single down and that uh, Anderson was hurt and was severely limited on both defense and offense. I'd, I'd bump them up to a C plus, even a B minus, because if you win by nine points on the road against a Missouri Valley Conference team, even a team that is as bad as Western Illinois, that's pretty solid. Uh, they got the win, and you know they they dominated. The score might not have said so most of the game, but they pretty much dominated that game, outside of some mistakes. Uh, Western uh, Illinois facilities, Western Illinois fans. The f- facilities. Uh, D plus, maybe a C minus. Fans, uh, you know, they were nice to us afterwards, so I'll give them a B. Okay, and then overall experience. Overall experience, and it was worth it. Including the train ride. Including the train ride. Oh, the train ride. The train was half the fun. You know, it was it was it was great to just relax, hang out with my friend and my cousin, have a couple drinks, and uh, enjoy the trip with a couple Bobcat fans. There we go. So that is pretty awesome. little uh, recap of Western Illinois, Montana State. A trap game that Choate talked about for quite a while in a shitty place, in a shitty stadium with a shitty atmosphere and apparently some pretty shitty refs. So Montana <laughs> Parlay, now we are going to kick it to you and we're going to do an actual live, live reading of Parlay's picks. All right, so the last two weeks have not been great, but as I've said before, this is all about bankroll management. And here is some advice that really should be behind a paywall because folks, whether it's expert gambling advice from yours truly or picking stocks that are gonna help you retire early, you never wanna follow someone 100%. Okay, you get some ideas here, you get some ideas there. You put in your own research. If you followed my picks last week, yeah, the Grizz over-under pick was a huge bummer. You know, I should have known that the Grizzlies couldn't score any points at Oregon. And that Oregon, once they got a 21-point lead, they were going to slow things down. My bad. But if you bet on the Cal Poly pick, you you want some money. If you put that one by itself, you want some money. If you followed my power picks on Twitter at Big Sky Podcast uh, Network, all three of those won out. So if you're following me and doing some of your own research, putting a little bit here with a little bit there, you're making money. Now this week, uh, still not conference season. That's when I really start to pick up steam. 
And uh, I don't love anything right now besides the opening line, as I'm sure has been discussed by uh, Bear Tycoon and Nate. The opening line on Eastern Washington at Idaho was a slam dunk. I hope you all bet your condos, your townhomes, your you know future alimony payments on Eastern Washington minus six and a half and minus seven. But now it's minus 11 and a half. And you know what? It is a road game. They have some injuries and they don't have a defense. So that I do not love that at 11 and a half. There's something that does pique my interest, however. It's another possibly overinflated line, actually two of them, of Big Sky teams at the Missouri Valley Conference game. So I'm going to do something that we shouldn't do normally, and that's a teaser in college football, but it's a teaser that puts us over some important lines. UC Davis is getting 25.5 points at North Dakota State, and Northern Arizona is getting 10.5 points at Illinois State. You add six points to those, you get 31.5 for Davis, 16.5 for the Cookus-led Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. You put 15 minties down, you win 15 back, no juice, nice little teaser, mark it down. All right, advice, there we go. You, the advice, advice as from, always, if you'll make a lot of money, if you only put your money on the best that win. Exactly. Yep, hindsight is always twenty twenty, and I'm the best hindsight sight better in town. Hindsight fire. <laughs> so we we do want to thank Montana Farley for his live reading of his uh, betting poetry tonight. We always do appreciate it, and so we're gonna let you go. But we do appreciate your recap of West Illinois, your betting expertise. Any last words for our fans? Just watch the games and enjoy FCS football. I know I do. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. A wise man. Uh, we're going to let you go, but thank you very much. All right. All right. See you guys. So once again, thank you to Montana Parlay for coming on and discussing Western Illinois and having a little bit of fun with his live read. Let's go around the big sky real quick. We know we're going a little bit long this time, but we do love this segment. Talking about what we have coming up this week in the big sky. I'm going to roll through the schedule really quick, if that's okay with you, Bear Tycoon. Sure. A lot of bad games this week. A lot of shit games. Not excited. So I'm going to start. So this is going in order of kickoff times. We have Eastern Washington at Idaho, Norfolk State at Montana State, Monmouth at Montana, UC Davis at North Dakota State. Good game. Put a little check mark by that one. We have uh, what the Grizz will say is a power school in South Dakota at Northern Colorado. <laughs> Eastern Oregon at Portland State. We have Idaho State at Northern Iowa. We have Southern Utah at South Dakota State. NAU, Case Cookers, my boy, at Illinois State. And we have Sacramento State playing at Fresno State in the only FCS-FBS game on the slate, which is nice. That's nice. We finally only have one FBS game, FBS, FCS game, and we only have one Division Two game. Are you starting to feel that conference feeling? No, I will. I will next week. Um, no, not we, yet. No, no. I, I just I'm ready for conference play. There's, I I would say there are three good games on here. 
besides like we'll watch the Montana games, of course. Um, of course. Eastern at Idaho. I said early on in the season that Idaho, and if you've been following the Twitter chatter, Idaho fans are treating this like their Super Bowl, which I think is part of the reason the line has has stayed low. Um, it's a home game. They're going to be fired up. They are a bad football team, but this, the, you know, it's things that movies are made of, right? The United States wasn't supposed to beat the Russians. The Idaho this Vandals the were not the supposed are to made beat of. Eastern Washington uh, in the Red Scare game. Uh, the other game. I never the- thought. But I never thought of Eastern Washington Idaho would be one compared to the Super Bowl or two compared to like any kind of rivalry. Like we could be telling our kids about this game, about the time that yeah. Idaho beat the mighty Eastern Washington Eagles. Uh, one PM Mountain Illinois Time. State. One PM Mountain Time for everybody that wants to really uh, watch this, listen to this, and uh, be able to tell their kids about it. Nau Illinois State. Interested in watching that game? So Illinois State is number 15 in the FCS in the stats poll. So Illinois State, it's at Illinois State, which a yep. road game for NAU. Fifth, number 15 in the country, Illinois State. This is a statement game for my homie, my boy, my number one non-Bobcat case. Our Cougars. boy. Our boy. Our um, boy. Yeah, I guess you could say our boy, yeah. Yeah, so I will statement be game for them. And, uh, and guess what? Guess what? That one's on ESPN+. Plus. Love it. God, ESPN. You know what? Plus. If we, you know I what this sucks. Oh, no! What sucks is that we were so excited every time we could say a game was on ESPN Plus for the last yeah. three or four weeks, and they just they just screwed us last week, man. They took it from us. They really so, just took a good thing and said, you know what? Big old f you. A couple middle fingers. Thanks for promoting us. We're gonna just screw this all up for you. And now I look at these ESPN Plus games that are on the schedule this week: UC Davis, North Dakota State, Idaho State's on ESPN Plus, so then Utah's on ESPN Plus, Northern Arizona. I don't trust them, man. Yeah, I don't trust. I don't them, trust I them one bit. Them. I don't love them anymore, man. So last I'm time NAU played played Illinois, they beat them pretty easily, thirty-seven sixteen. That was two seasons ago. Uh, the Lumberjacks go from this game and then next week, as we've discussed, going Montana on the road State. to Montana State. So uh, they've been kind of floating around this, you know, middle tier. Are they a playoff team? Are they, you know, with Cook as being healthy, are they legit good? We're going to know. Two weeks. We'll have an They're, answer yeah, on not, Northern right. Arizona in two weeks. Yeah, they have the number 15 team this week, and then they have the number, the currently the number eight team next week. That's, I mean, when you get two top 25, two top 20 matchups like that, you're gonna get tested. We're gonna see what they're what they're made of for sure. So, when we look at this Big Sky slate again, doing our traditional thing where you're not gonna be able to pick Montana State, you're not gonna be able to pick Montana. You did talk a little bit at the Northern Arizona game, but like, which game are you circling on your schedule to watch or listen to this weekend? So the one that matters the most to the Big Sky is NDSU UC Davis. UC Davis is a 25 point underdog going into Fargo, so. I'm not going to watch it initially, but I am going to be monitoring it on my phone. And if in the second quarter looks like it's a competitive game, I'm going to be turning it on. Okay. So that's the biggest game. That's the biggest Montana game. And you think about that. If you look at the FCA, if you look at the stats poll, that is the actual, that's number one versus number four in the country. So this is obviously the game of the week. Like nobody's going to argue that this is not the game of the week the one to watch. It's insane that the number one team 
in the country is favored by 27 points over the number four team in the country. And obviously the, the, the odds that Vegas puts out there, the offshore betting accounts put out there, they're not like actually predicting the score of the game. It's, it's a actuarial thing where they're making sure that they don't lose money and they want to get enough bets on both sides of it. But for North Dakota state to be that heavy of a favorite is crazy to me thinking about UC Davis being the number four team in the country right now. So I'm definitely circling that one. I want to watch that one. I want to see what Davis is made of. Are they that San Diego game or are they the game that they kept it competitive against Cal? But I'm going to go with my circled game as the one we talked about, NAU at Illinois State, a top 15 team, Illinois State. I want to see Case Cookus come out and do something. I want to see Northern Arizona play this game. Uh, you know, It's their first real test of the season, so I'm really looking forward to that NAU-Illinois State game. And I love NAU's uniform, so I'm also looking forward to that. Yeah, love watching them. I also want to see, and this is a little bit, you know, just because on on, on the other side of the coin, uh, South Dakota at Northern Colorado, only because if Northern Colorado beats South Dakota, it ruins the whole narrative that that first win for the U of M in Vermilion was worth anything. Sure. That excites me. All right. I'm glad you're excited. I'm glad you're happy. I'm excited about that. Yeah. South Dakota at Northern Colorado, circling it. Sad, but true. Yes. Okay. Around the um, big right. sky is good. Yeah. yeah. You good? You're tired. You're tired. I'm, I'm tired, man. You are tired. All right. We're going to go to the watch party. And once again, it was good last year for us. We had a lot of content on this. But this year, we only have one, one, one duo to talk about. And that's our homies, Bob Stitt and Gresh Jensen. So, Bear yeah. Tycoon, the only thing on our watch party, tell us, tell us what happened last weekend. So, Gresh... Got the start. Congratulations, Gresh. We're very, very proud of you. Uh, it was another loss for the Bobcats. Uh, they did not look great. They Texas <laughs> Texas State dropped to zero and three. Um, Gresh, I have his box score up here. Went, Sounds like you're pulling it up right now. No, I had it up. Uh, 185 yeah. yards, one touchdown, one interception. P- pretty pedestrian numbers. Um, Should have come to Montana State's, State, Gresh. He should have. That would have should've been have come to Montana much State. better for everybody. Why'd um, you do this? I don't get why you did this. Total yards. Yeah, they only Texas State only put up uh, 241 yards. SMU, who beat them 47-17, put up over 600 yards. So you can't blame that team's offense on Bob Stitt, uh, but you certainly can blame his uh, uh, pretty weak numbers uh, for Texas State. So... Not going great for Bob Stitt, not going great for Gresh Jensen, but you know all Bob Stitt needs to do is keep his resume current, keep did it you, hot, and then he can you know come into northern Colorado, take over that program, and our content machine will be humming. Did you know that he invented the fly sweep? He did. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. Yep. It's something that you didn't you don't know until you watch a game. And then they talk about it when they run the fly sweep, and and then Bob Stitt, they they tell they, I didn't know this that he invented the fly sweep. Yeah, it's really impressive for him. Uh, one thing we don't know uh, is if Gresh Jensen is going to be starting the next game. So you have to tune in next week next to the week Montana to Mid Sports out. Podcast and wait for an hour and a half of content to see if Gresh Jensen is starting for Texas State because. Everybody in Montana just cannot wait to hear about Gress Jensen's trials and tribulations. Uh, I'd also like to say an Osweiler watcher, boy, Brock Osweiler. There were so many injuries in the NFL this weekend, which 
we don't want injuries, but the silver lining of injuries well, is that the Ben one. We don't. Well, I can't we don't honestly say that I didn't want that one. Um, I'm shocked if you do a Google News search for Brock Osweiler, the last thing that pops up is when the Colts brought him in. No one is touching him, which makes me think that he's probably signed like a massive deal with the XFL, uh, kind of an under the radar. You know, we're going to pay you. $80 million to be the face of our, our new league, which like, that's a smart business move and probably explains what's going on here. Yep. But um, it's a little, little disappointing. The NFL, for whatever reason, political, not political is trying to keep Brock Osweiler out of the league. Yeah. He's why, too tall. why is not being signed? Yeah. Too tall. He's too tall. So and that's it. Houston, <laughs> Alex Singleton, Keeping an eye on you, but probably be a keeping an eye on you. And Alex, uh, Alex Singleton did like one of my tweets this week. So it's uh, huge for you. Congrats to you. Big for me. I didn't know if he remembered me. Uh, he does, obviously. I haven't reached out via DM yet. Uh, probably coming in the next week or two. We'll try and get him on the show. But, yeah, he liked one of my tweets. So, like, we're pretty PFF still. Yeah. Congrats, man. That's great. Thanks, man. Dude, it felt good. It was yeah, nice. yeah. I needed that one, man. All right. I think I texted you immediately after. You did. Yeah. Yes. It's very Big great. Week, it's always so. fun when you log into social media and you see a like that you weren't mm-hmm. expecting. And I don't. And I don't it's have the notifications great. on. I don't oh, have boy. a notification every time someone likes something. So I do it. I go into it and it adds an extra like dose of that. Uh, it's not adrenaline. What's the word? I think adrenaline is the word you're looking for. No, it's for. not adrenaline. It's a different word. Anticipation? Nope. Nope. It's that, that drug that like goes to your head when you get endorphins. Red... Yes. Yeah. It's an extra endorphin when you don't see the notification come up and you go into Twitter every single time wondering if Alex Singleton's going to like one of your tweets and he finally did. So Good for you. A year later, a year later I got it. I got my hit. That a boy. So so thank you all for listening. We're going to wrap this up. So we're going to let Laney Lou and the Bird Dogs play us out like they played us in. Go follow us on Stitcher, on the iTunes store, on whatever people that have Androids listen to podcasts on. We don't care. Do you have, you don't have an Android, phone. do you? No. Get an iPhone, you weirdos. That's it. Thanks, everybody. So we are looking forward to conference season. We're going to have a really awesome show next weekend as well because we cannot wait for the start of the Big Sky Conference season. That's where we hit our – we hit the ground running, I guess you could say. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you all. Bear Tycoon, any last words? Nope. That's it. All right. We love you guys. See you guys.